Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas, coming at you from the wonderful land of post-production. Um, so, <laughs> the this episode started out a little crazy, a little messy, which uh, we're gonna play for you, um, just that the intro doesn't come as normal. Um, so I wanted to, like, you know, just fill in that gap for you all. Um, uh, we're gonna start with the, the first song that we're gonna be playing today is uh, Las Flores by Jepe. It's a cover of Café Tacuba. Uh, you may notice a theme throughout the episode, uh, but we'll get to that later um and again just uh you know please enjoy some crazy cool moments between um beverly brian and our guest babelito from latinos who lunch uh, i'm recording just in case oh just for good God. measure that's so crazy this, this is bizarre this is mind-blowing well i'm sorry i didn't recognize you uh speaking me, to the, me, but it was a long time ago speaking yeah. to the mics well i'll just go back and edit sh- this shit in so okay you can't like you can't no? Recreate the moment. No, yeah. I'm not saying let's recreate the moment, but let's fill people in on, like, what the hell just happened. Okay, we just realized something kind of amazing. Um, it's, well, like, it's first there's the pseudonym, and, like, I don't know. Wow. wow. No, but now I recognize it's you. Yeah, yeah, I recognize you, too. Wow. So a little background okay. for the listeners. Beverlicia used, be used to live in Vegas, and Babelito, our distinguished guest, Kasho, 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 is... Ah! It's <laughs> from Vegas, and uh, we're all kind of gagging because you all knew each other before this? Yeah, we used to be friends in Las Vegas. When I first moved to Las Vegas, um, Emma was friends with uh, with George. With Katie, who lives here now? She does? Yes. Okay, turn off the tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really. Ven y dime todas esas cosas, invítame a sentarme junto a ti. Escucharé todos tus sueños en mi oído Y déjame estrechar tus manos Y regalarte unas pocas ilusiones Ay, ven y cuéntame una historia que me haga sentir bien Yo te escucharé con todo el silencio del planeta Y miraré tus ojos como si fueran los últimos de este país Ay, Déjame ver cómo es que floreces con cinco Sentir que nuevas flores nacerán Y que cada estrella fuese una Solo déjame estar junto a ti All 
right, shit. So, okay, so this is kind of a mad dash, and we're going to catch up real quick. Um, but basically, uh, we have Fabeli- Fabelito. <laughs> this is where we are Girl, today. don't. <laughs> so, um, but we uh, are going to be doing a, uh, a very special kind of theme episode today, right, Fabelito? What are we going to do? We're going to talk about my life, my passion, yes. my favorite fucking band of all time, Café motherfucking Tacuba. Okay, cool. So while we catch up in the studio and everybody hugs uh, after realizing that everybody apparently knew each other, we're going to play a jam uh, and then we'll do proper intros after this. So uh, what do you want to start with, uh, Babelito? This is probably my favorite song of all time. This is El Aparato by Café Tacuba.
to another episode of Song Mess. I'm Beverly Bryan. And I'm Richard Villegas. <laughs> okay, we can't take this right um, now. Yeah, like, we're kind of gagging, and we're just being messy, and, like, the beer is already flowing. And, and not you... in, like, a normal way, because let me explain. We've had some illustrious guests on this show. That's true. Uh, Checky, a.k.a. Algodona Hipsio, <gasps> all kinds of folks. People um, who, like, we were like, I can't believe you're in my place right Choloteca, now. shout out to the girls in Atlanta. Right, well, that was, that was like, that was cool, but, like... They're still um, a bit, they were a big, they were a huge deal to me, girl. I know, I know. that you go way back, but Monica's whatevs. is like, one of my closest friends, so I wasn't, like, it didn't blow my mind that she was there because she'd, like, crashed here before, but... Well, and, and so, uh, so, uh, you know, we already... Like my you, point is, yes. okay, we thought, let me explain it this way, we thought that we had this amazing guest... Babalito from Latinos Who Lunch. Whoop. And we were like, oh shit, this is so amazing. Because like, you know, Latinos Who Lunch are like amazing. But then I realized that actually um, Babalito is not, that's not what his mom calls him. <laughs> Clearly. And Well, actually, I don't know that. Or maybe. <laughs> it does, it <laughs> but uh, the, the point is that that's, that's not his real name, which, which threw me off. The pseudonym threw me off, and and many other things. Actually, um, don't spill his real tea, girl. I'm not going to do that. Okay. But what we're going to say is that I I know Babalito from way back when, and we because I used to live in Las Vegas, and we cannot deal with it. I even like know the last guest that they had on um, their last episode, George Pastor, and that's how we connected the dots. Hi, George. How's it going? Hey, girl. I hear you're doing great. Um, so I guess. My first real proper question is, so spill some tea on Beverly, please. Um, <laughs> I don't have tea. We we um, used to hang out in the same circle. We knew the same people. I, um, I was in the beginning in a very long relationship, so I was very absent for a, long, a lot of these events. But we used to go to parties together. We knew so many people. And I listened to your podcast because I'm a f- big fan. And... Um, yeah. And I used to listen to that voice and I'm like, that sounds like that Beverly I know. But, you know, it's one of those things that you're like, you're like brushing your teeth and you're like, wait a second. Nah. All and Beverly's, then, all you continue. Beverly's sound the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And look alike. We all talk like this. Like, what are the chances <laughs> that the Beverly that I knew back in college, it's hosting like one of my favorite podcasts out there? It's just, it's just insane. I'm so happy. To I mean, like, since we get along <laughs> or like got along before, yes, we it did. Makes sense that uh, we would, you, we would like each other's podcasts. I mean, well, and other than all the facts that you just told about our incredible podcast, um, you, uh, you and Fabi are kind of like responsible for pulling us into this, you know, kind of crazy, ridiculous, like family of brown podcasts. Yeah, which I, thank you and like for real. Super thank you. Like, we are very excited to always promote Brown Podcast. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, I was actually a little competitive. And Fabi's like, no, man, like, like let's just support each other. And you're like, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. We started the, well, he started the, the hashtag support Brown Podcast and it's taken off. Really? And now and it's everywhere. Yes. We're we, like actually only a half Brown Podcast. So I, I really appreciate that we're like accepted. <laughs> Um, you know, if we go with the casta system of the colonial period, whoop. once you're tinted with a little bit of that brown blood, you can never go back. So this is a brown cup podcast for what I know. Shablam. I'm cool with that. That's fine. All right. <laughs> um, well, and speaking of brown podcasts, um, this will be in the past tense. Uh, so Podcasterio Fest just happened uh, in L.A. Yes, we, um, Molcajete Dominguero put, um, it's 
presented um, Podcasterio Fest, and we gather about 17 different Latinx podcasts. This is going to keep growing, so it's going to come back. We did it in downtown LA in um, Plaza de la Cultura, de las Artes de la Cultura, and it was an opportunity for all these amazing brown podcasts to talk about, like, our intersectional voices. Right. Like we are queer, we're Spanglish, we're brown, and all of those things in one single platform don't happen all the time. And it just happens to be that that's 80% of the Latinx podcast out there. So we wanted to highlight all of those voices. It was beautiful. It was yeah, that's, and that's one of the things that's most striking to me about this, like, brown podcasting community that sort of, sort of has happened is the fact that, like, it's mostly women. And queers. Yeah. Like, I mean, are there, like, any, like, straight males in this sort um, of thing? When it starts to make money, they'll come in and pretend like they started it. Yes. Ooh. And, and I, Ain't that a fact. And I think we're on the verge of <laughs> things happening. Until it gets taken away. Oh, yes. God, is Diplo about to discover brown no, podcasts? No, we have... <laughs> We have <laughs> We have Kate del Castillo now with a fucking podcast. Wait, what? Stop yes, it. Yes. Work isn't wait, she's married to uh to Inc. No, is that is that not Peñanito's wife? No, no, no. No, no okay. Esa es otra, wey. No okay, no, but she's the one playing like the, the president's wife in that novela. Ingobernable. Aha! Uh. See? I know things. Um, but but, but yeah, dope. so so now big companies are starting to realize that podcasts are a thing. This is the future. Right. And I think like Haritos? <laughs> Shout out like Goya and, and Harritos <laughs> if you all wanna pay us, that's cool. So I think before everybody else, aka you know, like all the white men started catching on on our movement, we're gonna have to start doing it. And Podcasterio Fest, in a way, was the beginning for us to take control of our own voices before somebody else does it. So there's a lot of amazing things coming up, so stay tuned. That's incredible. That's incredible. And, and I mean, we have so many fucking questions for you today. Like, it's just like, this is gonna be ridiculous. Okay, but before that, I have to like explain one of the most important things um, is that Babalito is the first person. Whoever explained to me that Mana was not cool. <laughs> that is right and never forget it. Can you please, please uh, you know, um, elaborate a bit on that thesis? <laughs> I just have a hatred for Mana. Anything Mana. My dad hates Mana. All of my family hates Mana. But why? My dad is always like, Other than ¿Qué being es eso del cucu se, con el cucu papá se fue? ¿Qué pendejadas <laughs> son esas? I'm like, that's right, dad. This is like bullshit music. I just, we just hate him. Okay. Absolutely hate him. That's, that's real. To me, it's like Hoodie and the Blowfish. Oh. Oh. And I know that everyone feels that way about them, and it's weird. No, because, I love it. But actually, we know, we kind of like them. Obviously, they have a huge fan base. They're like guilty pleasures okay, to us. But Richard also made me feel a little dorky for liking them. Yeah, that's when we when we first met. But then, he, <laughs> but then we've become closer, and he admits the truth. Oh, I'd like Mana were Mana integral some good to my to my upbringing. Absolutely, I remember like being on school trips, being like corazones finados. Please stop like, right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gag. Anyway, so we we'll, we won't defend Mana because we are not here to defend Mana. Yes, we're here to talk about Café Tacuba, and so we just played El Aparato, and you know the, we we've been talking for a long time about like mm -hmm. doing this episode, and like when I even suggested it, you were like, "Oh, girl, I already know what our episode is. Is like it's going to be about Café Tacuba." Oh, and this was like a months and months and months ago. So like, w let's start with what does Café Tacuba mean to you, and 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 why. You know, about seven, eight years ago, they were having their 20th anniversary tour. God damn. And I, seven or eight years, I was getting a drink and all of a sudden El Borrego, which is a song from Re, which is one of the, it's one of my favorite albums of all time, started 
and some for some reason at that moment I realized that they were not just a good band or my favorite band that they have been in my life since I was a kid. They were my first concert when I was 11 years old. That was Re when I Stop saw them. Stop it. And I just saw them a couple of weeks ago and that was my 17th time. So it wasn't what? just about Café Tacuba, my favorite band. It's like Café Tacuba that are part of my identity. And I realized that at that moment and it just changed everything and now I'm obsessed about everything Café Tacuba. Is there any relationship? I mean, because I, I think it's interesting that you connected directly to your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any relationship to that for you as a Mexican, you know, living in the US or like, you know, of your displacement or anything like that? Like, is there any connection to that? Like that, that it like sort of takes you back to like your patria, como quien dice? Yeah, right. takes me back to Juarez. And because when I was in Juarez, I was a fan of rock and espanol. Okay. Everybody from the 90s, you can imagine, I saw in Juarez. And for a long time, I rejected any music that was in English because I was like, nope, it's all about rock and espanol. Everybody else sucks. So I really didn't get into indie music, for example, till I was like... 22, 23 years old because I was obsessed with this idea of rock in Espanol and it was through Café Tacuba. And I can, I have memories with almost every song of Café Tacuba. That's how much they are part of like who I am right now. That's rad. Bev, do you have any bands that like do that for you? That you have like a, you know, a memory almost for every song? Bell and Sebastian. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yes. That's right. See, he remembers this about yes, me because it's yes, that yes. true. Yeah. Also, I remember like us talking about Juarez like yes. ages ago. Uh-huh. Wow. Future okay. Halloween costume idea, by the way. You can go as a tiger milkmaid. Just saying. Mm. Um, no. If I was going to do a Bell and Sebastian themed costume, there oh, would God. be a lot of other ones I'd do. Okay. Well, I tried. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, what, I mean, we have so many questions, but let's do some more musica. Um, what, uh, what song do you want to follow up with? Wait, Richard, do you have a band like that? Yeah. Ooh. Um, damn. Uh, that puts me on the spot. I mean, I share maybe like actually uh, when I was, hey. when, I was hey. when I was, when I was a kid, when I was not even when I was a kid, but when I was in high school, yeah, share was like, 24 seven or like disco life. disco in general has always stayed no, with me. Ha- you can't pick a genre. Uh, well, I mean, cause like it's a series of one hit wonders. That's why I'm saying that's why I like mm. lump it into one, but whatever, this is not share, about it's share. Okay. Let's say share <laughs> then. Um, but yeah. So what do you want to go with next? I, we have to play another song from, um, from Ray Ray's a seminal album, not only for Café Tacuba, but for the history of rock in Espanol. Re came in a time where rock in tu idioma was a thing in South America. It was infiltrating in Mexico. So in a way, Re and um, El Silencio de de Caifanes, for example, were albums that they were trying to um, localize the idea of rock in Espanol to Mexico. That's interesting. So what you see is that these albums always bring regional music, regional instruments. Café Tacuba learned how to play some of those regional instruments when they were recording Re in um, in L.A. So I think it's we have to talk about another song. And another favorite song, because it talks about colonization, is El Fin de la Infancia, also from, from Re. All right, we'll listen to that, and then we'll dissect. <laughs> Tengo algo que contarles Desde ahora quiero ser dueño 
we're here with noted Cafe Tacuba expert, Babilito. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's, that's what you're getting your PhD in, right? That's sure. what you got your PhD I in, I think right? I want to get my second PhD in... Yes! ...in, in Cafe Tacuba... Ology. Studies. Is, yes, ology. Cafe Tacuba studies. Cafe Tacuba mixology? Yes. Noted professor of Cafe Tacuba studies. <laughs> Caught mess. <clears throat> um, so, okay, so you were mentioning that... Um, Podcast or perish, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, you were ma- mentioning that El Fin de la Infancia was, uh, you know, touching on colonialism. And, you know, um, Cafeta, you know, at, at least Ruben, who's always on the mic, he's, you know, he's not exactly, a, you know, a wallflower. You know, he's very, you know, open to talking about, like, political shit and, like, you know, indigenous rights and stuff like that. Um, does that, uh, do those politics make it into the music regularly? Yeah, and I um, this specific song, this specific song talks about how, for example, one of the line is um, being at the van- vanguard or vanguardia mm-hmm. without having to go to New York. Para ver ahí qué pasa. Work. Which, in a way, it's what this whole movement of rock in español was. Like rock in español was happening in the '80s in Spain, and then in a way, it moves to rock into idioma in South America with Soda Stereo and so many other bands, and. Then then it was Mexico's turn, and that was a way for them to say that. Right, and um, and everything about Café Tacuba was again about localized um, DFE culture. So one of the, the, my spiels when it comes to my scholarship, when it comes to my podcast, our podcast, is that we always try to play with the idea of decentering. So for example, Las Vegas is not the center. Las Vegas is the periphery of LA. But we don't acknowledge that. Instead, we make our own center. And what we see is that now people are coming to Las Vegas to come and record with us and be with us. And I think that's what Café Taco was trying to say that. That instead of just continuing with the same dumb idea of, of following the colonizers, instead, it's time to flip the microphone. And in a way, they did it. Because now Mexico City has an amazing and amazing music scene. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, like, uh, Mexico City has always been a cultural capital in a lot of ways. Ways. Mm-hmm. Like people have always come from all over the world to seek refuge, you know, artists and um, according certain, to Vice, it's a new Berlin. Well, that too. So like, yeah, it's got uh, that. It's got like a. It's got like a long history, you know, like going back, like you know, way before Cafe Tacuba. But I think we can all agree that prior to the '90s or early '90s, Cafe Tacuba. I mean, um, Mexico City wasn't necessarily. Latin American capital of music, and it mm-hmm. was this movement that really started this whole uh, this whole entire thing. And I mean, one of the things that people need to understand about Café Tacuba is that these are kids who were obsessed with craft work. These are kids that, at that time, for example, wanted to play banda, which is what we heard in right. this song. This is these are a bunch of kids who were obsessed with literature. They met in school. These are kids that were um, they went to go see. Um, um, I forgot the name of the band. I mean, progressive electronic music. And they, they say, how can we bring all of these things, just bring it to all of our friends in Mexico City? And that's what you get with, with Ray. Well, forever in a day, you know, when, when I first heard La Ingrata, I, I actually thought they were a punk band mm-hmm. because, like, there's such, you know punk flourishes to it it's just like it moves super fast and i remember like in the video like i think ruben has like a shaved head or something like that like i saw i was like i always was like oh yeah they're a punk band cool Mm -hmm. um obviously that was you know many many years ago but um what makes you know cafe tacua stand out among say like the you know the pillars of rock and espanol like caifanes and your you know malita vecindad because i think from the start cafe tacua were a local Mexico City band 
and Caifanes, so the Stereo, and all of them, they went through a pro- process where they all wanted to be almost like cover bands of The Cure. Right. And they develop into their own original amazing song. By the end, so the Stereo, Sueño Stereo, yeah. it's a masterpiece. Yeah. But it took a long time. Yeah. And Café Tacuba, from the start, has this incredibly original local songs that, in, the, in a way, for example, the first album of Café Tacuba, yes, it doesn't have the level of production that Gustavo Santual, Santa Luaya brought into the whole mix. But when you get Re, it's like, it's like nothing you've heard in Mexico before. It makes me think that there needs to be a 33 and a third book about Re. Yes. Like 33 and a third needs to get I on Rock and Espanol. I will write it. <laughs> yes! There's a, there's a, there, I mean, you know, every year they have like open... Uh, call for pitches. About yeah, that will be in a third book. You oh my god, totally that was such a good gig. There's some. There's a book that just came out last I mean, year. Not, it doesn't pay very well. The advance is terrible. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, to get to write a book about your favorite right? band, pitches. Yeah. That's that's a dream come true. I mean, yeah. you're the guy. So. I mean, there is a there is get at me, Alex Vanter. There is the <laughs> Alexander. No, bitch. No, bitch. Okay. Quick parentheses. The first episode of Latinos Who Lunch that I ever listened to. Um, was like an end of the year thing that you know, or was it a music thing? It was Radio Lonchea because we were going to do something like Radio Menea. No, no, no. This was before that. It was like your favorite things that you had heard in the year or that you had discovered in the year or some shit like that. And, and, you know, I remember you being like, oh, one of my favorites was Alexander Anvanter. And I was like, no, bitch! That is not why. I, no, and that's how you became friends. No, that's not what iTunes says. Like I like when no, I met, she kept it to herself. For, I did, and then I met like Fabi. last week. Yes, when I met Fabi, I was like, this bitch. Um, Normally, Richard wouldn't keep something like that to himself. Fabi didn't say anything to me. Well, you know, we were still courting the support Brown podcast, you know, crowd. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but um, okay, so I did just mention uh, La Ingrata, and I feel like we should play that. Um, sure. Because obviously it's maybe their most famous song on a, on a like oh, yeah. on a like internationally recognized level and nationally it's 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 a pop song that everybody knows. Right. I just saw Café Tacuba and they close a festival of bandas. There was like three bandas and a mariachi or something like that. Wow. And the crowd was like dancing banda music. They were dancing Café Tacuba. There was another banda, um, um, another yeah. yeah banda. So towards Another's the end of the banda. show, like all those. And the but co- they played it. No, they didn't. Oh, exactly. But it was all that crowd that was asking for that song. Of course. Because they know they don't play that song um, anymore. I saw them recently in, in, in Chicago in July. Mm-hmm. And again, everybody was like chanting Ingrata and they wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. And, you they know. to get over it. Well, we know why they don't do it. And like. We, we talked about that on one of our episodes recently, well, actually. Well, we, we've kind of. Yeah, we did. And, we, you know, we've kind of entered this sort of. Um, damned if you do, damned if you don't sort mm-hmm. of like territory because like, you know, you have everybody being like, well, that's an incredibly, you know, fucked up song because like it incites violence, this, that, and the other. And then you also have like the people who are like diehard fans who like include women and queers and who are still like, yeah, girl, we get it, but play the damn song. Yeah. So, so how do you negotiate that as a, as a diehard fan? I think that because I'm a diehard fan, I respect their decisions. Right. And there's one specific line in the song that says, te obsequio un par de valores para que te duela. Right. Like I give you a pair of gunshots so it hurts. So I think that specific line really ruins the entire song because at the end it's about a man that is hurting but given the long messed up history of um, feminicide in Mexico, mm-hmm. I think it was a necessary step. However, come on, they made a lot of money with that song for a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. But 
who else is taking that step? Exactly. I mean, because that's what we, you know, that's what you mentioned. You like read an excerpt, uh, Beverly, like, and when we discussed it a, a few episodes back, where like basically like Ruben was interviewed about it and he said, you know, like, at some point you have to be conscious about, about what's happening in the world and you have to be able to transcend, um, you know, despite it being a hit. So um, I don't know. I want to play that song. I just, uh, just because, I mean, how the hell could we not? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I don't think there's much more to say about it. That's right. Muriendo que tus lágrimas son falsas, ingrata. 
dude, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I Why are am, you in New York, girl? I am here for um for work, for school. I teach at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. It's Dr. Babelito to you, bitches. That's right. I just oh got my, my I just got my PhD in July and I'm gonna walk in graduation with all my family and friends in December. So things are happening. There's like a huge shift in the universe and I can wait for everything to come together and continue my life. Very cool. And uh, um, again, for people, I mean, the three listeners here who don't actually listen to Latinos Who Lunch, uh, <laughs> what is Latinos Who Lunch? And, and, and also like, tell us about your, your oh, PhD. Right. We like think you guys are like Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what, you don't know them, girl? What's, what's good? Latinos Who Lunch is a podcast that strives to bring conversations to the table about gender, race, um, social inequality, everything with a, everything down to earth, everything with a sense of um, even a little bit of comedy, but everything through the lens, through the filter of food. We always um, sit down, we break bread, we talk to our listeners and we just start talking. We don't script absolutely anything. There's times that we just turn on the microphones and we'll see what happens. Hey. And these are conversations between Fabi Fabi and myself. We've been friends for a couple of years now, for three, four years now. And um, ever since we met, we've always talked about some of these issues and some of these ideas. And we decided, let's just turn on microphones and see what happened. A year and a half later, here we are. Killing it, B. Killing mm-hmm. it, B. I mean. Also, they've got some good tunes on there sometimes. And. And lots of amazing guests. That's my pitch. I your your podcast is the p- kind of podcast I wanted to have. Hey, it's lit. So if I could, I would have a lot more um, episodes on music. Frequent How- contributor, Babelito. Uh, <laughs> so friend of the podcast. Yes, please invite me anytime you want. When I'm in Vegas, we're please. we're we're having Latinos who mess or whatever. Like we're we're doing this. All of it, all of it. It's and, gonna be good. And the thing about it is that that's my sueño frustrado. How do you say that in English? No, that that works just fine. Um, because I the Spanglish podcast. Yeah, awesome. Girls. Just because like I don't speak a lot of Spanish. It's so not, like I always I, I always wanted to be a rock star, and I even had a Band in Juarez. <laughs> yes. Oh, and cut, 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 cut. What? What was this band? Please elaborate. Oh my god, it was so ridiculous. Yes, of course. It was called Nobody's Apostles. <laughs> yes. Wait, so Wait, in Apost- English or Spanish? Extra. Apostoles de nadie. That was the name. Yeah, that sounds way better in Spanish. <laughs> so extra. Wait. Uh, um, we have a, a, a friend of Abelitos in the studio named Marta. But um, were you in the in the band as well, Marta? Say hi. Just jump in here, Gru. Hello. Were you in the band as well? Uh, no. No, I don't oh, think okay. I don't think she knew. I, if yeah, she would have, because she was she, because she was always a badass. If she would have known me when I had a band, she would have laughed at my face. Work. Yes. You're goopy. <laughs> okay. No, but but now we got to know about this band. So like, uh, you played the triangle, of course. What kind of music girl, was it? <laughs> I don't even know. We played once. We had like four songs. That's it. That's cool. But what? Yeah. Did, so what did you do? Were you the singer? I s- <laughs> Oh my god, that's the dream. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Like that was my that's my frustrated dream. When we are old and crusty, we're gonna do like Latino L C D sound system. Like we're just gonna be like Oh my god. Juan, I don't Juan Morfeo. Enough, I don't have enough beard for that. But he doesn't have that much beard. He has enough. Hi, girl. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Um he's kinda <laughs> well, sexy, right? Is that weird? Look, now you're a podcasting rock star. That is true. That is true. No, he's just your type, which is anyway. Who? Oh. The LCD sound system, dude. Oh yeah, uh huh. That's that's true. I'm like, <laughs> now nah, Babelito, too skinny. Um, 
<laughs> but um, okay. Anyway, so uh, we have another song um, called "Diez" or number ten. Yes, this is from an album from 1999. This is called "Reves Yo Soy." I cannot find that album anywhere. It's not on Spotify. It's not in iTunes. She's on YouTube. That was an album that. They could only play in South America. Argentinians and Chileans love that album. It's two It's two CDs. The second CD, it's all instrumental music. Wow. And number 10 is an album that one of the members of Café Tacuba recorded. And he basically recorded the Compañía Nacional de Danza Folclórica of the Instituto Nacional de Bellas Artes. This was Emmanuel del Real. Oh, wow. Recorded them playing Zapateado <gasps> and then remixed the sounds and made a whole song out of it. And that's basically the second um, a second album of Reves Yo Soy. It's just sounds of Mexico City, remixed into beautiful, amazing songs. Okay, that, yeah, we're definitely gonna listen to that now.
I mean, I guess if I was going to say anything about the song, it's sort of like, um, do you know, like, did that sort of um, sound collage thing predate Nortec? Because, you know... That's exactly my point. That's what I was telling Martin the car, that this sort of mixing of everyday sounds of the city predates that the only thing is that they didn't add the beats to it so it becomes this like highly experimental rock and espanol album that it that it's it's it predates that but it's also completely separated because it doesn't have the the techno aspect to it oh indeed but then it seems like almost because like so much of what nortec did was kind of cut and paste a lot of Mm -hmm. sampling i feel like it could be an influence and i don't I, know and i think i think of Kuva by that point they're touring all over the world like i saw them in music festivals as early as like 2002 2003 so they're always trying to listen to the new bands and what's happening and i think that's true for them forever they're they're music geeks and i think this was their opportunity to do that but it was not a popular album still today i think i've heard maybe two or three songs um, of that album play live and I've seen them 17 times so I think um, I that's my dream to have them play those two albums live that will North I can Hex die Scholar, after that Babelito. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah Wait, sorry uh, Cafe Tacuba Cafe Scholar Tacuba, yes. uh, I was thinking about Nortec <laughs> Because, like, no, it's just, it's interesting that because it's weird how, like, Nortec actually has, like, a lot of credibility outside of Mexico. Yeah, but in and Mexico, people, people kind of roll their eyes at them. Right. Yeah. And, yet in, you, and yet within Mexico, Cafe Tacuba is more of a big deal. To me, Correct. To me, this Reves album, it's more to what Matmos was doing or it's still doing in a way, in a because it's a lot more experimental. It doesn't have you don't want to dance to it, and that's that's the thing about Café Tacuba is that seventy percent of seventy percent of their songs are not ingrata, like are not that like Mexican type of song. They're just a lot of them are very experimental. Some of them have all these electronic um, elements to it. Some of them are very melancholic, even a little cheesy, and that's. That's that's the thing. Every single album of Café Tacuba has those two gigantic hits and then the rest of the songs. But that's where Café Tacuba is. It's in the rest of those songs, which people should listen to. Now, um, you know, Café Tacuba has been in the game, what, nearly 30 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they just put out an album this year, uh, Hey Baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people were really hyped about it. And mm-hmm. I wonder... Because uh, I didn't listen to it, uh, you know, as, as considering that they are already have 30 years under their belt and like that they're like huge and they're still huge. Yeah. You know, like I, I find it very hard to like sort of like dive in. Like mm-hmm. this is a really great sort of like um, sort of start study, you know, on, mm-hmm. on their career. Um, but, you know, for somebody who's been following them for probably, what, 20 years now? Yeah. Um, do you feel that they're still relevant? Like is their songs, is their music still like comparable I think they're still part of the game. I don't know how I don't know if how relevant they are. Futuro, it's a song that blew my socks away because I haven't heard that Cafe Tacuba song since Re. Okay. Um the album has all those elements of a good Cafe Tacuba album. I just don't know how different it is from what's happening right now. The thing about the new album is that they did a re overhaul of their career and they went crazy on Instagram, on Facebook, and they gather a new a new generation of listeners that they didn't have in the last album. The last album was an experiment. They record the whole album live in f- like four or five different cities. And that went nowhere. 
And that's like an underplay album, the right. Objeto llamado, Antes Llamado Disco. So with this one, it was a way to reintroduce Café Tacuba to a completely new generation. And I think they did it the right way because Futuro is the catchiest freaking song. But the rest of the album, in a way, doesn't match up. There's some good songs. It's just, it's not the Café Tacuba of Reves Yo Soy of Re. Because as, as bands age, they tend to sort of start doing versions of themselves mm-hmm. like it's it's like you you kind of stop innovating and it just sort of, sort of like you look they uh, they often try to recapture sort of that old glory or like that old innovation of, the, of earlier records some bands kind of look at themselves as like okay we're this thing right and uh and if they even write a song that doesn't fit with that they say oh well this is not a fill in the blank song right and then they start some side project um, but like, I think a band like Cafe Tacuba is like, this is just an outlet for like whatever our creativity is. And that's yeah, why right. there's so much diversity within their music. Like Ray is a brilliant album, mm-hmm. but it's all over the place. It is. And that was, that was basic. That's one of the reasons why I didn't want to get into indie music because I, I saw how indie music was projects of specific s- sounds. Mm. And I came from the school of rock and Espanol with, again, the albums were all over the place. We're going to paint what I was with, used, with everything. And that's what I was used to. And also the new album, it's in tune to a lot of things that are happening, but it's not at the vanguard. However, it's Café Tacuba, and I don't give a fuck what they do. Like, I'm still going to listen to them. And some of the videos are pretty cool, too. Yeah, I, like I the mean, there's, the some, there's, there's definitely some good songs. It's just not... It's not... You know, I mean, but they have a lot of albums, so it's like every yeah. album doesn't have to be. There's the plenty. Album, right? Whatever you're. It's like into. whenever a Jay Z releases something or like U two releases something, it always gets compared to like the old shit. But you're like, well, yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. stalwarts. Who cares? I'm a very tolerant fan, and sadly, in a lot of ways, a very tolerant music critic. But <laughs> it, which makes me not a very good music critic sometimes. But also, I'm just like, look, I see what they were going for. You know, let's listen to El Futuro before we start spilling some real tea, Hanny. <laughs> Yo dije que no, ella dijo sí, yo dije que sí, ella dijo no, al final no importa, es algo que Dios ya decidió, la muerte dijo sí. Aún no me cansé Unas voy 
you know, we've been talking about Rock en Español. We've been talking about Café de Cuba. We're, we've been talking about how Café de Cuba mm-hmm. is like, you know, they do like a lot of different kinds of, um, you know. Genres. You know, a lot of different kinds of uh, styles of music. It's not just one sound the whole time. And it's not like they're going to say, okay, well, this is not like our style of music. And this is not a Café de Cuba song. Like they, the band evolves with like um, the members' creativity. And there are a lot of bands like that, but I feel like that's an example. And there's a lot of examples of how um, rock and Espanol isn't just like a word that means like rock music in Spanish or like when you say rock and Espanol, it doesn't just mean rock music in Spanish. Right. It's its own culture. It has its own sounds. It yeah. has its own things to it. So it's sort of like a lot of people like hear about music from like if you're in the U.S. or like people in England or North America, like hear about music from other countries and they think, well, you know, it's just like rock music, but in like another, um, in other language, but there, there's always like a different culture, a different sounds, different things that are like, you should probably check out if you haven't. That's just what I'm saying. You know, like rock and espanol is more than it's just a lot like, of things. Like at the same time as Café Tacuba and, and Caifanes are happening, La Maldita Vecindad is doing some of the best ska that Mexico has ever produced. I saw them live last year. They were fabulous, incredible, and and Although, um and La Maldita Vecindad has an album. Um, I forgot the name of the album, but it's all about the life in the city, just like Café Tacuba, oh, just cool. like Caifanes, and um. But at the same time, you have bands like Santa Sabina. They wrote songs about vampires. They were looking at William Blake. Wait, art. what? I need to I need to know this band and because I like, don't know this band, and clearly I need it in my life. It is Babel, which that's where my name comes from, from Babelito. It's an album by Santa Sabina, and it is really? still. And I like so much music, and Babel. It's still my favorite album of all time. It is an incredible, incredible. Album. But it's a jazzy album that you you don't you don't associate with. Okay, never with mind. Rock in Español. No, <laughs> not jazzy like that. You will like it. It's a good album. Um, but um, yeah, the, they had uh, they have a poet from Mexico who wrote all these lyrics, and they're all about sucking blood. It is incredible. But I'm people don't so associate that to with listen to this. The Rock in Español. Yeah. Well, speaking about blood suckers, please tell people where they can listen to uh, Latinos Lunch. You can listen to Latinos Lunch in every single platform in Stitcher, in Spotify, in iTunes, in Google Play. Um, we are well, Aren't you on Spotify? Yes, we are on Spotify as Bad well. Bitches. We were we were featured for Hispanic Cultural Month. Oh my yes. goodness. And um, we're also um, you can send us emails and you can send us comments in iTunes, in latinoschoolanch at gmail.com, um, we're Instagram, Twitter, on the Celes Ocurra. And for Song Mess, uh, all of that same shit, but just at Song Mess. Um. And not Spotify. <laughs> and not Spotify because we're not bad bitches. They did uh, not accept us. <laughs> um, we didn't want them because we actually use Pandora. It's um, their loss. Boom. <laughs> um, okay, well, so this is our like little final segment. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, you kind of actually did our signing off for us. And so thank you, Babelito. Thank um, you so much. This is a dream come true. Yes, and Fabi can suck it. Actually, no. A friend <laughs> of the show, Fabi Five, who uh, I interviewed on the street. She's coming next year, and I think I'm going to come and visit it. So we're going to have to all four of us sit together. And I'm not going to be here. Ay, te pasa. Te dije que me voy, bitch. I'm like, Trump is not my color. Orange just doesn't do it for me. Um, (laughs) Dude, you said you weren't moving because of Trump. No, I'm not. But also... That is a really great incentive. Um, Yes. So um, we have one more song before signing out. Um, And again, just a huge, huge shout out, huge thank you to the Babelito himself. Holy 
And Marta, thank you for driving. Um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we're signing out with Desperté. What's up with the song, Babylon? Desperté is from Cuatro Caminos. Cuatro Caminos was, I think Pitchfork said it was the um, the OK Computer of Café Tacuba. Wow. They introduced drums into that album. They didn't have drums. It was just a sound machi- machine. And the songs are just airy and beautiful. Uh, the song, the album after that, it's See No, and that's like that Coldplay album. I don't like it at all. <laughs> and that's why I didn't bring any of the of, uh, songs from that album. But this album, from beginning to end, again, it's like fluffy and airy. And it's really what Café Taco is all about. So Re it's a perfect en, song to sign off with. Re and Cuatro Caminos are like both like iconic, iconic albums, albums from there. Um, so like what, what is, so, so as you said, like one is the okay computer. So like, is Re like the, like the bends or something like one is more rock and rock and roll. And then the other one is just like very crazy experimental. No, Re is like, I think Re is like the kid A. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, so they went from like really, really weird to like a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. I think Re it's, it's. It's not weird for us now, right? But at the time, what was happening in rock and español, it was completely different, and 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 um, Cuatro Caminos is just it's just like a good, fluffy, almost experimental pop album. So good, fantastic. Okay, so this has been Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas. Anything else before we sign out, Beverlycia? I need to lay down. <laughs> Too much. Thank you so much, Babelito. Gracias. Chao, chao, chao. Suck it, Fabi. Exploté en mil pedazos reventé. Están todas las paredes llenas con pedazos de mi piel. Tomaré mis manos y las estrellaré. Las calles que están debajo de mis dos pies Me eché a correr y desdoblé todo mi cuerpo Quedaré expuesto a los rayos del sol Desmayé y allí no más me desperté Guardo dos compases de silencio